watch Matt Mosley show ESPN Central Texas live from the Baylor Club. President Livingstone joining us now. And uh, President Livingstone, we have not uh, had you on since the big announcement that uh, you have been, you've had your contract extended to 2032. Um, knowing you, I'm sure, I'm sure you love like your contract being talked about. That's not really. That's not really your style, but I think it's a wonderful thing, and it recognizes a lot of what you've accomplished. And um, I think it's uh, I think it's something we should all be uh, celebrating. So, congratulations! Uh, I immediately saw that, and I, I reached out to Jason Cook and said, "Please help me get President Livingstone on because uh, we needed to uh, congratulate you on that." Well, Matt, it, one, it's always great to talk to you. I'm happy to, to visit anytime. It's helpful. But uh, thank you for those good words. It's certainly a, um, I'm humbled by the confidence of the, the regents and me and my team and the work we're doing and excited to be a part of Baylor. It's a blessing to be here and a, a privilege to do the work that I do. Yeah, and, and you're going to be with us for several more years. Now, your announcement came not long after Mac Rhodes uh, announcement. I, and I think y'all have been in lockstep, and y'all obviously have a great relationship. So it's no coincidence that uh, the board of regents decided to make these two decisions. How much uh, have you enjoyed that aspect? I mean, you played college athletics. You've been a big part of it. You love supporting athletics. Um, how kind of how, how neat is that for this to happen? Uh, just right on the hills of uh, Mac Rhodes' announcement. Well, you know, Mac's just uh, an exceptional athletic director. I'm biased, but I think he's the best one in the country, and which is why we want to keep him here for the long run. And so it's a privilege to get to work with Mac and his team. And obviously we've had great success in the athletic program under his leadership. And and so, you know, I just – I. I'm glad I get to be a part of it, support the work that he and his team is doing, and uh, it's it's been great for the university and a great way to bring the Baylor family together around some really exciting athletic events recently. All right, and and you also were mentioned as a possible replacement for the NCAA president. Your name was coming up for the Big 12 commissioner. When you see those things. Uh, being reported, and when I say reported, it's you're, you're basically being recommended. I think reporters are trying to put lists together of potential replacements. I mean, I'm sure that's flattering, but uh, what do you, when you see that, what was your, uh, what was your sort of initial reaction to being included in some of those lists? Well, I think more than anything, it's a testament to the success that Baylor's had and and how well we've done academically and athletically that people would think that, uh, whether it's me or someone from Baylor, uh, would be uh, considered for a role like that at, you know, a conference or at the national NCAA level. So I I view it as more of a really a tribute to Baylor and what we've accomplished here uh, by the work of everyone here. Uh, Those are, are certainly jobs that I think are important and we need to write people in, but I'm, I'm happy to be, uh, spending, uh, uh, my long-term career here at Baylor. Okay. Uh, President Livingston, we're still having trouble getting Matt back. Yeah. Um, while we're waiting to get him back, he had mentioned, uh, as we were talking about your interview upcoming about name and image and likeness deals about all the controversy that's going on. Uh, I know, you know, about coach Saban and, and, uh, coach Fisher's public spat. I was, Wanting to know your thoughts on the whole issue as far as collectives 
and and mm-hmm. how how name image and likeness has been treated so far and how you think it should go or how you would think it will go in the future? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. It's obviously been uh, really prevalent in the media because certainly of, of what you mentioned, but other high profile cases. And, you know, the intent of name, image, and likeness is for student athletes to benefit from the value of their name, image, and likeness, not likeness, and to do something in return for that compensation that adds value to another organization because of the student athlete's name, image, and likeness. And that's the intent. That's what the purpose of it all along was. And I think, you know, I think it, in most cases, for most student athletes, um, particularly across the broad sports spectrum, that's really what it is. And I think a lot of universities are working hard to keep it within those guardrails, even in the higher profile sports. Um, but obviously, we've seen some examples of of that uh, not being the case. And you know, I think it's really important that we try to maintain the integrity of collegiate athletics, and NIL is an important part of that. Uh, but it's really not supposed to be used as an inducement for recruitment uh, to someone to a school or to stay at a school. It's really based on the value of their name, image, and likeness. And so I think, you know, anytime you do something new, you have some bumps along the way. And I think most people are committed to trying to do it right. We've got to get, you know, kind of back on the lanes the way it's supposed to. And then I think, um, the interaction of name, image, and likeness with an open transfer portal, which had not been the case previously. I think those two things together have complicated the process. You know, if we had one or the other and not both at the same time, it might have been a little easier to navigate those changes. And and so I think those two together have complicated things a lot. And, And so I think both of those are areas where we've got to make sure we still give students the flexibility and the opportunities they deserve in both of those areas, but also bring a little bit of sanity to the process. Well, President Livingstone, I found another workaround here. We've been, uh, I was, I was dropped. So sorry about that. Right over here on the Baylor campus over at the Baylor club and uh, some great jazz music playing in the background, but we'll find a, we'll find a way. I'm glad y'all were talking about NIL. It's so fascinating to me that you've been on that NCAA uh, enforcement committee and, and you've been, I mean, you're doing some very, very important work, but I, I did find it interesting, President Livingstone, that some, some folks came out and said they wanted uh, like retroactive punishments. And I think that's extremely hard when obviously there weren't the guardrails people jump out there it's it's hard to like stop that and and go backwards in a sense how has the uh, those those conversations that you had i would imagine it was already going to be an interesting process you were involved in <laughs> did it get ramped up about 10 times as much with with everything that's that's happened with these collectives and all that that sort of thing well, you know, it's interesting when you, uh, and I'm a business school professor by, you know, training when I did more traditional academic work. And so, you know, when you open up new opportunities, people figure out how to turn it into a market that uh, that helps them do what they want to do. And so I guess uh, we shouldn't have been surprised that when that opportunity came up, NIL, that people said, oh, let's figure out the best way to do that in a way that can benefit student athletes. And And again, I think most collectives and most people are trying to do it within the guardrails laid out in the NCA guidelines that came out, you know, a, a considerable time ago. And others have struggled more with doing that and have other, you know, uh, reasons for doing what they're doing. And so, you know, we've got to obviously 
uh, try to bring that back into guardrails. I think it happened probably faster than most people thought. Um, and part of that might have just been timing with the end of basketball season and, and uh, you know, football season being over. But um, it's been an interesting process. You learn a lot along the way. And, um, you know, I think most people are committed to trying to make sure it's done right and supports the integrity of collegiate athletics while giving students legitimate NIL opportunities. And the legitimate part of that's what's really important. I, I just think Baylor can't jump out there and do what some of these other schools have done with these enormous collectives. We've got great boosters. We've got people who will give money. But it's not really, as you well know, our, you know, the mission of our university to just have a bunch of people pull huge money uh, together. I mean, and, and I, I just I'm just curious, you know, I think they, we've been sort of working on a collective um, is are you allowed in your role to sort of coach them up or help them as they sort of form what Baylor's collective might look like. I mean, I think it'll be a very interesting one. And I think there's already been a ton of thought into it. What I assume has happened is they've had to hold off on moving forward because there's so much disruption right now. Do you think that's the correct assumption? Well, and I don't know all the details that I know others have, have worked on that, but uh, you know, I think athletic departments and universities are not supposed to be involved in actual NIL deals. Now, we provide lots of education to our students, help them understand what this means, help them get some of the education they need as they think about advisors that they might need to hire in this process. Because one of the concerns you have is that student athletes could be exploited in this process and and uh, in ways that, you know, they're young and inexperienced and you want them to have the right opportunities and you want them to be good for them. Um, and so they need really good advice along the way. So we're really trying to serve in an educational role. But, um, you know, we got lots of good people at Baylor. And I think what we're trying to do is find ways to support our student athletes and those that want to do legitimate NIL deals with our students in ways that are appropriate and, and consistent with the model that's intended. And, you know, I think uh, at Baylor, we have great people, and that's what they're going to want to do in the context of whether it's a collective or something else. And and we want to help educate people about what that means and what that could look like. And then, frankly, there's different models out there at different institutions as well. So there's no one way to do this. Um, but again, I think it's important that we do it the right way and that we really try to be a model for others about how you can do this in a way that really benefits your student-athletes but it's consistent with this idea of, uh, you know, true NIL value and not as a benefit to induce student athletes to enroll or uh, at your university. You know, I did want to ask you about the, uh, the quadrangle and what's going on there. And it's been, you know, Burleson quadrangle forever. It's just going to be called the uh, quadrangle. That was extremely important work that that historical commission put together the two new statues that'll go in front of Tidwell, the first black students at Baylor. Uh, you know, that is a hard thing. I think a lot of different universities, especially across the South are trying to get their arms around. Um, what was that kind of overseeing and getting feedback? What, how, how, uh, what, what was that like to sort of monitor and, and, and watch that committee work along the way? Because that, that took a, that took a lot of thought. Well, we owe a lot of uh, uh, thanks and, uh, and gratitude to the 
commission who who did that work and worked really hard over a relatively short period of time to come up with their recommendations. And then we've had an internal task force working uh, the last year or so to think about how do we you know, build out an implementation plan for those while implementing some of the kind of easier to implement recommendations. And then, of course, our board has been just a critical partner in this uh, and and walked alongside us. And, and then you really saw the broad implementation plan approved at our board meeting last week. And so, you know, I think it's just a tremendous opportunity for us, you know, as a Christian university, uh, I think we have a biblical basis for doing what we're doing here as we kind of reckon with our past and we think about, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption in ways that we can think about this and frame it that, you know, other institutions just just can't. And it's what we need to be doing and we need to do it uh, in the right ways and tell, uh, you know, the whole story of Baylor while being respectful of uh, elements of our past as well, as well as telling a more honest story about some of those elements. So we think this is going to be a really important for the center part of our campus to actually make it much more usable for our students and others and uh, in the quad and make it more of a gathering place <laughs> uh, while also giving us the opportunity to tell our story better. Uh, so great appreciation to the board and, and the folks that have worked on that uh, for the last couple of years. And then we'll, people will start to see some pretty significant activities over the summer and then into next year as we move forward with those that implementation plan. All right. Well, I can see the Herd Welcoming Center from my perch mm -hmm. here at the Baylor Club, the pavilion. You know, that'll start to rise. That has to be, I think I saw you in a picture the other day with your hard hat on. Do you you have to kind of always have that hard hat in in your car in case you you stop by and want to take a peek around at all the uh, all the dirt that's being moved around. Well, I should probably keep it handy because we've got a bunch of construction projects <laughs> that are either underway or going to be started soon. So uh, it was really fun to go tour the Herd Welcome Center uh, with our board, and Paula Hurd was with us, and she was just deeply moved by seeing that facility coming to life and. So we, we cannot wait for that to be online about this time next summer and be a new front door to campus. And then, uh, of course, you can look down at where the you see that the parking garage behind Clifton Robinson Towers come down and uh, we'll be moving dirt soon uh, to begin work on the pavilion. And then, of course, we started renovation of Collins Hall. So that's long overdue and our residence hall, largest female residence hall. So a lot of activity on this campus this summer will also break ground for the football development center. Um, and uh, a lot of exciting things going on that are going to make the campus an even uh, better place uh, for our students and, and the community to enjoy all of the experiences that they should uh, at Baylor. Well, listen, we, we had fun getting, uh, you know, getting to catch up with you. I'm sorry. I think our listeners were actually enjoyed that respite from me for a little bit. I kind of went away there for a bit, but thank you for uh, hanging in there with us. And it was great to uh, visit with you and we will, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, it's always good talking to you, Matt, and appreciate the time and just uh, wish you the best. Okay. Same to you. There she goes. President Livingstone joining us um, from right there. I'm looking kind of over is as we speak. And we are coming up. We're up against it. Aaron, nice job. Aaron Sexted uh, running things back there, kept the interview rolling. And uh, we kind of uh, we dropped out for uh, 
for a little bit there, but we're fine. We're back. We found a way, a little workaround. Aaron, we probably need to uh, wrap it up and say good night. It has been a beautiful day at the Baylor Club. Aaron's done a tremendous job. Appreciate everybody who's been a part of this. When Baylor baseball tomorrow, let's remember, at about – 8.45 in the morning, about 9 o'clock first pitch, and you can hear it on ESPN Central Texas. It's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. This is the Big 12 Buzz, a daily look inside Big 12 athletics. Here again is the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 athletics on today's